Hi, everyone. I'm Henry DeVries. Welcome to the Marketing with a Book podcast. It's, it's not the Marketing a Book podcast. This is the Marketing with a Book podcast. It's how professionals and consultants use a book and a speech to attract high-paying clients. And by high-paying clients, we mean people who will spend thousands of dollars with you. So the book creates more credibility, more impact, and more influence. And today's guest is a man who is doing just that. Uh, I'd like to welcome Rick Scruggs, the founder and CEO of Financial Designs. How are you doing today, Rick? Henry, I'm doing great. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. Rick's firm works with uh, private and family business owners in continuity, succession planning, transition, exit planning. Uh, Rick and his team collaborate with other advisors to create plans that really work. They're very pragmatic. Uh, Financial Designs has $1 billion of insurance and assets under management. Um, so Rick, tell us about your new book that's coming out. So the title of my new book, Henry, is What's Wrong With My Thinking? And we're looking to come out on in January of 2023 with the great help of Indie Books and you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we're, we're very excited about the book. We think it has some great information. Um, we really like your approach about uh, why wrong thinking is so dangerous. Uh, what is some of the wrong thinking you're seeing out there? Well, I think it's a, a lack of collaboration. It's not asking the right questions. It's getting too emotional about in decision-making and then ending up regretting down the road that, that poor, poor timing and lack of uh, taking time to think. Now, many advisors come at this with what I would call a scarcity mentality or risk prevention, or they're worried about uh, how we're going to lose on this. You have a different take. Tell us about that. Well, Henry, I'm very uh, fortunate that uh, I've had an abundance mentality that was introduced to me when I was uh, get, just getting out of school by my mentor, Chief Nesbitt. And it was the whole adage, do you look at life as the glass half empty or half full? And, you know, it's we all have gains to celebrate in our life, but with all the noise out there on the street today with media, social, you can quickly be drawn into negative thinking or gap thinking, and that's not gonna get you anywhere. Uh, we, it's the art of the possibility that is, comes about through abundance thinking. Now we're in a special time in the history of certainly this country and the world with the number of baby boomers who are business owners who need to exit. So tell us about what's going on with that great change and shift in wealth. Well, um, you know, demographically we have 10,000 people a day reaching age 65 in the United States. However, we have something called the silver tsunami taking place, which is the baby boomers who have reached you know, 65 and beyond, who started their businesses 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. They may even be second generation. And they're realizing, hey, I, I don't have a plan. Uh, and these private and family businesses 
they employ over 50% of the working the working workforce in the United States and they they hire most of the new people and it's critical to our free enterprise system and capitalism that these businesses have an opportunity to successfully transfer whether it's to family, key employees, uh, or, or other strategic buyers. Well, we're all gonna exit one day, one way or another, so I guess it's better to plan it. You really have a different take on this also, is that you're helping these businesses uh, create cash flow and time to enjoy it. There's some basic principles. Should we walk through some of your basic principles on that? Well, you know, we, we all want to have a successful business. Every entrepreneur who's had their Friday night seizure and decided to go in business the next day to the, either the chagrin or horror of family and friends, uh, they exchange working 40 hours a week for someone else to working 80 to 100 hours a week for themselves. And before they know it, 5, 10, 20 years may have passed by. And building a successful team is critical to the continuity of a business. And so uh, what's wrong with my thinking is that I continue to believe I have to do it all on my own, uh, a lack of delegation, a lack, lack of hiring really smart people, young people, uh, people with experience, people with no experience. There's a lot of trial and error in life and entrepreneurs have been successful because of that trial and error and yet sometimes we hold on to things way too long. In your book, you talk about delegating the small stuff. What, what does that mean to you? Well, we're all guilty of holding on to things that we contributed to our success early on in building our businesses without realizing that some of the things we are holding on to, somebody else would love to do, we're just doing it out of habit or bad habit and we could free up whether it's 15 minutes a day or an hour a day, over time that compounds to a lot of free time to focus on the bigger opportunities that lie in the future. Now, one of the things you say is hire the best and forget the rest. Explain that please. Well, everybody's talking today about that it's hard to find good employees and it's hard to find talent. Uh, the talent is out there. It's just we have to be slower to hire and faster to fire when somebody is not a good fit. So when you hire good people, give them the opportunity to go out there and experiment. Uh, let them try new opportunities to serve your customers and clients. And don't worry about all the rest of people who really don't want to be held accountable, uh, don't want to show up on time and don't raise their hand to say, I'd like more opportunity. Now, when you say focus on what really matters, what do you mean by that? Well, it's very easy to compile a list of 20, 30, 40, 50 things you have to do versus if you just focus on the one or two key elements and make sure that you execute on those you ask people for their help and input, uh, you'll get a lot more accomplished. It's that it's a, those one or two or three key things done repeatedly, done over time that have a compound effect. Your 
very big on communication and proper communication and communicating the right message. Could you expand on that? Well, uh, in virtually every meeting, every book I've ever read, in any workshops and seminars, invariably somebody brings up that the, the downfall or the confusion or the lack of execution has to do with uh, poor communication. And I, I, I believe that to be true, but just describing communication as the issue doesn't solve the issue. Uh, it takes a resolve and a commitment by, by owners, by the executive team, and by all employees to be open, to listen, and be willing to uh, hold crucial conversations where the stakes are high, there can be opposing views. And you know, people say, well, I don't have time. It's the old adage, uh, measure twice and cut once. You always have time to do it right. So what about, <laughs> you have a great chapter, assume no one heard you. Uh, tell us more. Uh, well, there was a survey done recently where they asked uh, employees if they had gotten messages that the company had been putting out in various formats. And they discovered that over 85% of the employees had not heard that message. So we tried a little experiment with one of our clients. I, I asked Brian to walk out into his warehouse and tell a key employee, listen, I'm going to be going out of town for a couple of days. I've got these five things I need to make sure get taken care of. And then before you, he turned to leave, I said, turn around and say, hey, Jim, what were those five things that I want to make sure that you take care of when I'm gone? And Jim didn't get it right. So there's this idea that we have to slow down and ask people you know, to, to articulate back to us or tell us, did, did they get the message? Because the message delivered is the message heard. Uh, it may not be the message you want to be heard, though. We have a saying in our business, are you writing this down? <laughs> it's, uh, it's amazing how people will uh, say, okay, great, I got it and all that, and, and uh, they're not writing it down. Okay, final advice you have in your book is about understand your numbers. When you say understand your numbers, tell us more. Well, it's very easy to, to focus on revenue, and that's critical, and it's important to focus on you know, profit. And many times we make the assumption that if we hit 5% pre-tax profit, we're, we've done the best we can do. And yet when you dig into the financials, just today we had a board meeting and we spent over an hour looking at the financials. We had the company CPA in the meeting and he was pointing out certain details that had missed everybody else on the committee's eyes. And now it's gonna require somebody to dig deeper to understand you know, why was something off, whether it was maintenance costs or um, fuel costs. I mean, that's a big item today. So paying attention to the small things can really drop profits to the bottom line. You have some great expressions in the book. Um, what about H-I-G-O, house in good order? What do you mean by that? Well, we all like to believe that uh, our house is in good order. We've got all our affairs arranged. I always like to have clients try an experiment. Go home tonight and open up that one drawer in your kitchen 
that I like to refer to as the junk drawer. It's got everything in there. It's got a tape measure. It's got uh, a hammer. It's got a screwdriver. It's got everything, but it's not very organized. Uh, so getting our house in good order allows us to find things quickly, tame the paper tiger. You know, supposedly we were going to all go paperless years ago, and yet in some ways there's more paper today than there's ever been before. And it's just a nice acronym for an organization to adopt that we want to have our house in good order. Okay. Um, there was another one about uh, time, T-I-M-E. Uh, could you tell us about that? Uh, I love time. Uh, time stands for taxes, inflation, mistakes, and emergencies. And I don't think any of us can get out of this journey here on the planet Earth without uh, having all four of those incidences take place. And of course, inflation today is at the top of everyone's list. Uh, so yeah. in the journey that we have, let's make sure that we're aware of those four taxes, inflation, mistakes, and emergencies. Okay, one more that's uh, on your lips a lot, and that's LHHW, uh, the secret to business success. So Henry, um, LHHW, that is the big secret. It stands for long hours, hard work. Don't tell anybody. Okay. Uh, and, and yet it, it contributes to most everybody I've ever met in life, uh, but they don't see it as work. They, they see it as something, it's part of their passion. It's part of their commitment. It's what motivates them to get up early in the morning or sometimes wake up at four o'clock in the morning and go downstairs and address something that came to them in their sleep. So long hours, hard work, I don't think it ever killed anybody. The, the sleep factor, I advise entrepreneurs to use your smartphone, use uh, a notepad, but in the, at 3 a.m., something's gonna come to you. And if you wanna go back to sleep, write it down. Uh, I like that. You know, get it, get it out of the head and onto paper or electrons, that works too. And then, and then get back to sleep and hit it in the morning. Um, Agree. I like to tell myself, uh, okay, you've written it down. Now your job is to get some rest and hit it in the morning. So I, I liked your book with those thoughts in there. And if it's, uh, I know it's a cliche, but if it's the work you've chosen, if it's what you love to do, um, that's why those entrepreneurs will work 80 hours for themselves instead of 40 hours for someone else, because we get joy out of it. And business is the game worth playing. And I think that's a, a sub message in your book is that if you're going to play the game of business, play it right. Um, and, and you have lots of great ideas on that. Um, any parting advice you'd like to leave the listeners well, uh, being an entrepreneur is a very small percentage of the adult population. Some I've read numbers somewhere it's less than 5%. So uh, entrepreneurs are unusual. Um, they're committed, passionate, and they have a driving desire to see things get better, improve how a, a product works or how a piece of software operates. Develop, it can be an entrepreneur, it can be a physician, uh, an inventor. So it's really what drives the US economy, the innovation of entrepreneurs. And 
anybody can be an entrepreneur, but to stay an entrepreneur and be successful does require some LHHW. Yeah, I always say that 5% that we're in, we're the ones who are creating jobs for the other 95%. And truth to that. Some, some think we're crazy too. I, I get that. Um, in one of my job reviews, performance reviews with an employee, I said something and she said, you mean be someone like you one day? Oh no, I'd never want that. Uh, you know, so she'd like to do her job and go home and you know, God bless America. That's great. You can have that. But without the entrepreneurs, where is the economy? And, and you talk about the family business too as the, the bedrock of that. Um, what is your closing thought on family business in America? Well, family businesses um, are not very successful going from generation one to generation two. It's about a 35% uh, success rate. And then from generation two to generation three is less than 7%. And that's one of our uh, commitments and our driving motivation today is to have crucial conversations with entrepreneurs, ask them, you know, is it important that their business go to continue to exist? I mean, every day, these private and family business owners are philanthropists. They hire people. They contribute to the local economy. Uh, they're very charitably focused whether it's a baseball team or the Red Cross or any other type of organization. But you've got to stop and take the time to get your advisors in the same room at the same time, hear the message that, yes, I do want to see this company remain locally owned and operated for another 50 years. Rick, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for this valuable advice. Uh, thanks for helping getting our thinking straight. Uh, we appreciate you for that. And this has been another episode of the Marketing with a Book podcast. Hope to see you on a future episode with another author. Thank you, Henry. It was great to be with you this afternoon. Thanks, Rick.